Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Runner's World podcast, the weekly podcast bringing you all the latest running news, views and interviews. I'm Rick Pearson, the Runner's World section editor, and I'm here with Ben Hobson, the digital editor. Ben, what have we got coming up uh, this week? With the cross-country season about to begin, we're revisiting the run-equal debate in the company of Maud Hodson. Maud is a firm believer that men and women should run equal distances at cross-country. We also have a tech guru, Kieran Alger, to give us a roundup of the latest and greatest running gizmos. Rick, what have you been up to? I, uh, I took part in the last Friday of the month 5K in Hyde Park. Good race. Good race. Uh, I think it's £5 to enter. Very old school. You get your kind of uh, number through the post. Turn up. No medals. No T-shirts. Yep. Just a time. Good. Uh, and uh, I was hoping to do 17-something, and I, I ran 1807. It's a bit like, oh, it's quite close. It's quite, it is. I forgot how um, how but, to run hard for a while. And it's 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 quite emotional, like these things. Do you mean when you're like really on the edge the whole time? Have you done any speed work? You have. I have done right. some speed work over the last sort of three weeks. Right. So. Um, oh, well, three weeks is. I mean, that's a good benchmark. Yeah, you think it should be. A, Give what? yourself eight, and you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, by yeah. End of the year, seventeen something by the end of the year would be um, very nice. Would be good, but um, yeah, it's good. Lots of um, lots of club runners, quite high standards. Yeah, yeah, there is. I've got a couple of mates who, who do it regularly. Yeah, some. Um, it's a good. It's a good test. That one. It is. It is. It's, and it's good. Um, I think as a runner, if you, if you carefully pick your races, you can start thinking that you're really good. Like, <laughs> like I'm the sort of person who finishes near the top ten, and then yeah. you do a race like that, or you do across country, which we'll talk about later on. Yeah, and it can, and it's really good for shows you, shows you, yeah, yeah, that for sure, that you actually. There's plenty of work to be done. <laughs> exactly. How <laughs> uh, about you, Ben? What are you up to? Uh, well, in, in Ben's ongoing boring injury updates. <laughs> but no, because I, I did something for the first time, which I've not done before, which I did some aqua jogging. Right. Which um, I, I, I wouldn't say I've scoffed at, but I certainly haven't gone like, this looks like a thing that everyone should do. Mm. Um, but when you can't run which you yeah. know, people will relate to, then the, the desire to is strong. Sure. So um offered the low-impact opportunity of some striding down the, the, the swimming pool on holiday. Excellent. I did it. It's actually really good. I mean, you can you can achieve actual doms if you if you try hard enough. So was this pool though? This is part of where you were staying just, on holiday? Just literally where we were staying on holiday. So it's not like, it's not set up like, you're not, you see like aqua jogging setups, which are like mm. ridiculously like complicated okay. and, and you're like against a stream or whatever. It is. Right. It's not that. This was literally just like a, an indoor 10-metre pool. See, I, I think this makes sense because the thing for me with aqua jogging is I just wor- worry that I, I look a bit odd in a, oh, a yeah, public pool. No one saw me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one saw me do it. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah. yeah if, I t- if I went to the Lido and I started just, you know, in the, in the slow lane, just yeah. walking up and down, I feel like it would it would draw attention. This was just... But it, 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 
it, I guess it made me feel like I would probably do it now as yeah, just out of that necessity. Just go out there and just start a necessity. Like I want to yeah. just I want to move like I'm running, but without the damage. So yeah. it, like why not? So anyway, if you book yourself a holiday just to go aqua jogging, <laughs> if you if you're injured, that's my advice. Excellent, excellent. Well, I think without further ado, we should um, welcome our guest of the week. Great. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio Or a complete unknown Our guest this week is Maud Hodson. Maud is one of the leading voices in the Run Equal campaign, which is focused on allowing men and women to run equal distances over cross-country, rather than the current state of affairs, which often sees the men running significantly further than the women. With the cross-country season about to begin in earnest, it seemed like the right time to catch up with Maud to find out what has changed and what hasn't. Maud, you were the first guest we ever had on the Runners World podcast, uh, which published about 18 months ago. At that point, Run Equal was in its infancy. How would you rate the progress thus far? I would give it maybe about a 6 out of 10. Okay. Important changes have happened, but the pace of change has not been really as much as we would hope. But on the other hand, we are very optimistic and confident and we, we really do believe it's a matter of when and not if. Okay, so that's good. So you feel like the change is going to come, but people are dragging their feet a little bit. Well, I think so, yeah. I mean, I think since we've started, we've shown that we can, you know, we can deal with all the rational objections to equalisation. We've got to the point that what we're dealing with is to a large extent emotional resistance to change. Mm. Change is scary. Let's talk about a rational objection and what would be an emotional objection then? We've had lots of arguments about there wouldn't be enough time in the timetables for championship events to right. fit in longer races for women. And to that, I would say we're not necessarily talking about longer races for women. We're talking about races of the same distance yeah, for yeah. men and women. Yeah. <laughs> the actual distance can be whatever is needed sure. yeah. to fit the timetable. One, Some of the people who are leading the way in this are the Scots. They have less daylight in the Scottish winter than we have in the south. So <laughs> yeah. if the Scots can do it, I think we could do it in the south of England. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But on the emotional arguments, is this, is this stuff that, like, it's tradition for, for these distances to be different for men and women? Well, I think that's part of it. I think, yeah, cross-country is a sport that's rooted in tradition. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, a lot of the tradition is wonderful. I mean, the, the venues that we race at in Parliament Hill, for instance, that's part of the, the you know, romance and appeal of the sport. Yeah. We don't need to lose any of that. You know, we, we've, we've still got all, all the tra- traditional venues. We just need to make a few tweaks. And, you know, I think also people are worried that if the races are longer, that people won't, won't want to run. But that's not been the case in Scotland, where they've equalised the distances. Attendances are, are improving for both men and women over oh, that's the years. Good to see. Yeah. They, I mean, their experience has been very positive. Yeah. Where does the influence for change come from in terms of the runners and then because I know there's lots of chat about surveys being done about people who want to change and who don't and so is it the governing body itself? Well it's all quite messy because there are a lot of different bodies involved in particularly in cross country. Um, UK athletics only they don't run the national championships they run the cross challenge which includes the inter-counties championship right. which is in many ways the most prestigious domestic mm. event because it doubles as the trials for the world championships and one of the really big bits of progress is that they have made that equal distances from last season and the, the national championships are run by in england the english cross-country association um, in scotland it's run by scottish athletics directly they've right. got one less level of 
bureaucracy there, which right. is possibly why they've been able to progress more <laughs> yeah. quickly. And and then the, there's um, below that level, there's the counties, and we've had some success at county level last season. Essex and Suffolk were the first two counties to go for equal distances, yeah. which was a real pleasure for me, particularly because I run in Essex. So <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. I was able to take part in that first equal distance. Would you say then that it's the kind of it's the English nationals then? that's the big hurdle that needs to be overcome and then everything else might follow from that? Well, yes, I think so, because I think when the English Nationals switches to equal distances, then there'll be some momentum and then a a lot of other events like the counties are saying, well, we're going to use the same distances as the the English Nationals because our events are trials for that. That's less of an argument than it used to be because... The county championships often serve as trials for the inter-counties, which is now equal distances. I also question how much of a cross-country field is really training uh, exclusively for the English nationals. I think for lots of club runners, it, the standards are so high at English nationals, you're not, you don't think, well, well, as long as I come in the top you know, 850 here, then my season's been a success. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, for me, you know, I'm... I'm a run-of-the-mill club runner. Yeah. I'm competing more against other members of my own club exactly. in these events. Yeah. Exactly, you know? yeah, exactly. I I've... think that's like, like most people, that I don't think a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's all roads to the English national. <laughs> this yeah. is it. Well, this is exactly, yeah. Could be wrong. But then do you think that, that the counter to that then is that the, the equal argument is quite niche? Is the running equal distance issue so sort of small in terms of the, the, the vast scale of the whole running season that it's not of that much importance i am not saying i agree with this i'm just putting it out there well i agree with you in a way that it is quite niche that you know we run the same distances on the roads on the track yeah pretty much everywhere else with a few exceptions other than cross country Mm. which in a way makes it all the more odd that yeah we've still got this anachronism that we race different distances and you know that brings me back to one of the other arguments i've heard about why races shouldn't be any longer than they are, which is that people say that it will put off track runners from taking part in cross-country in the winter. And it's a valid argument that we need to make these races appeal to a wide variety of runners, but it hasn't got anything to do with gender because the track runners, whether they're male or female, Mm. will be racing the same events. What do you think the the current message sends out um, with, with unequal distances? As soon as you start having shorter races for girls, it's very subtly telling girls... That you know, the the sport is is, is a men's mm-hmm. field, and it's subtly telling boys the same thing that you know they're the main event, and that girls need a slightly watered down version version of it, and it just very subtly chips away at their confidence and ambition, mm. and that's an, you know an insidious thing that we should move away from. We should be doing quite the opposite in sport. We should be empowering young people of both genders. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the Wear the Ribbon campaign? The one thing we don't want to do with the Run Equal campaign is is we're not in the business of disrupting any events or or you know, any form of, of protest and campaign that yep. is, yeah. that stops events from running smoothly. We don't do that. But the wearing ribbons, wearing green and purple ribbons, which is the colours of the suffragette movement, is a very positive way of showing other runners and any media coverage that we support equal events. Definitely. I mean, a lot of people pointed out the kind of irony of this in, in that we've had it this year with loads and loads of high-profile uh, victories in races won outright by by female runners. So, you know, Jasmine Paris is probably the most uh, famous one of that in the spine. It does seem weird, doesn't it, to sort of suggest in cross-country that actually, no, oh, yeah. women actually aren't very good at endurance stuff. They need to do less. It, absolutely. Um, well, you know, 
whatever the distance is, men can run faster. They run approximately 10% sure. faster. Over, and that holds surprisingly true from anything from the sprints to the ultra marathons. That performance difference is more or less 10%. But, I mean, as you've just said, women absolutely can match the men and then some for endurance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if anything, we should be giving the men a nice short sprint yeah. so, they can, <laughs> so they can show their explosive speed. Exactly. You know, we'll, we'll slug it out over 15k. I think there's a lot of, a lot of male cross-country runners who probably be up for that, actually. Yeah, and, and you're right, you pointed out, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be women running further. It could be a meet in the middle distance, Absolutely, it? which yeah. is what happened at the World Championships and the Scottish National Championships. It used to be 12k for men and 8 for women, and now everybody runs 10, which is... I think, a very sensible solution. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's an important principle that equality does not necessarily mean the women changing to do what the men do, as mm. if what the men do is the gold standard that we must all aspire mm. to. The, the importance is the principle that we all do the same. You know, Once yeah. we've agreed that, then we can work um, out what the best distance yeah, is for each event. Uh, yeah. I remember you pointing this out last time, but if, if we kind of went with the tradition argument, then we would be... And we'd take that to the track, say. You'd be left with this sort of weird scenario where women couldn't run any further than 1,500 metres in the Olympics. Until, until the 1984 Olympics, that was the case. And then Catherine Switzer was instrumental in getting the marathon added yeah. to the Olympics, yeah. which actually happened before the 5,000 or 10,000 metres. Traditions all very well, but good traditions adapt and evolve to move with the times. Where can people find out more of the Run Equal campaign? Well, we have a website, which is runequal.org. And we have a Twitter account, which is run underscore equal. We have a Facebook group, which is actually called Gender Equality in Athletics. So, you know, follow any of those and you'll find out more about what's what's going on. And the main thing we would say to people who, who would like to see these things change is talk to your clubs, talk to the leagues that you run in. You Start the conversation because sometimes these things... I like that simply because nobody's challenged it. Are you going back up to Scotland, Maud, for the Scottish Nationals and until the English Nationals equalises? Well, I would love to. We, we went last year and we had a fantastic time. It was a brilliant event and you know, the spirit was so positive. Yeah. You know, because you, every, everybody was loving the fact that we were all racing on equal terms. Mm. I didn't hear a single person say the women's race should be shorter or the men's race should be longer. So, in a way, I would love to, but it's quite an expensive commitment, both yeah, in terms right. of time and money, to travel travel up to Falkirk. You know, I'm based in London. Well, we keep our fingers crossed that hopefully such journeys won't be necessary in in the near future. So, thanks very much for uh, for coming on the Run as Well podcast, talking about the Run Equal campaign, and best of luck with uh, with pushing it forward further. Great, thanks for having me. So, Kerry's not um, not around. This week, too many baby shams at the weekend. Yeah, pulled his hamstring, couldn't make it in. Oh, um, so you're going to be doing the weekly running news? Yeah, and it's not really news to be honest. I'm just oh, going to. Oh, great! It is. It's very much, very much running news. But instead of the usual tidbits of sure. what's happening on, um, I, I, it's impossible not to talk about Doha. Yeah, uh, and the world champs, uh, and of course some positives like the silver for Dina and the mixed relay events, which were I think were you know yeah, good fun. super interesting yeah. and like good to see, but. <laughs> Sadly, the, where the, was everyone? Sadly, the <laughs> chat is pretty negative about the whole thing. Um, you've got empty stadiums, uh, yeah. internet chatter about uh, corruption mm. and location of, of events. Um, a big shadow of doping once again looming large, especially with the men's 100 meter result. Yeah, um, a midnight marathon in the heat with 18 people pulling out, mate. You know, yeah. I mean, it's 
it looked a bit of a sorry state of affairs, really, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think um, they were talking about um, see the Dina Ash Smith thing last night, but she did like a lap of honour, and it should be like this amazing moment. Yeah, and you know, there's a handful of people there, and it's um, it's a shame, isn't it? I, mean, I think Tom Craggs talked about this last week, but he said, you know, it's great to spread athletics around to, to nations who haven't had it. Yeah, but there needs to be. Um, some practical things need to be considered. And it needs to be a kind of local interest as well, I think. Yeah, definitely. I don't think going to a local... I mean, 100% agree with what Tom was saying. Uh, but if there's literally no one there to watch it, there's no point. I think that, uh, I mean, huge... Actually, some really significant things were highlighted, I think. And I don't know if how... I don't know how an organising... A governing body can not recognise the noise being made about what they've done. Um but certainly it seems to just carry on and, and I think that it, it doesn't help athletics. Yes, agreed. Um, which it should. These should be the benchmarks that wow people into considering yeah. taking part, starting, doing something, and it's just it's just going to be a, it's a shambles of just like, yeah. why? Michael Johnson, possibly sports best commentator, yeah. in my opinion. Um, and he says, I'm all about the athlete. And, and I think, actually, if you're an athlete and you, and you win an event here or you, or you get on the podium or you just experience something here, you're not actually getting. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh the full experience oh, no. you should have a full and actually a, a crowd we saw that in London 2012 I know we like to sort of harp on about how wonderful our own <laughs> Olympics were but like the, the crowd were as much were such a part of what was great about London 2012 yeah. and, they get, and they get more out of the athlete athletes respond to a great atmosphere I think. well I mean you know the great thing about the Ineos 159 attempt being in in, in Vienna is that yes right he Kipchoge himself specifically said that the the, the test well not the event the breaking two Nike at Monza mm. that it lacked atmosphere because it was just select people who yeah. were there from Nike and the press and that was kind of it so there was no cheering whereas now he's going to go and try and do the same thing but with a crowd because yeah. crowds motivate yeah for right? sure so anyway that was the news is that basically it wasn't a great great showing for athletics yeah well I think also we mentioned the 159 we had that amazing uh, marathon from Kenisa Bikili oh, in amazing. Berlin so I think he's two seconds behind uh, Kipchoge that's really interesting I think from 
a looking at who will take part in London next year. Yeah. Could those two go head to head? Because I think before that, you think look, Kip Cho goes out on his own. He's like the bolt of like oh yeah of um, marathon running. Or, um, uh, but now it's like okay, right? Well, there's two seconds difference. Yeah. Like discounting Monza, like in 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 actual like races races. Mm. Get those two head to head in London. It'd be amazing, phenomenal. And I think as well the pre- now I think that this is super. This is going to make the the the, the one five nine attempt really interesting mm. because everyone Kipchoge has been on such a pedestal, justifiably yes. so. Yeah. But for him now to see that someone is two seconds off his marathon best pace yeah. in a race, first of all, that's going to motivate. It shows that whatever's whatever's possible from you know, it's not just this one man. Yeah, there are other people. There's a, there's one other yeah. who's capable of this yeah. this yeah. sort of pace and speed. So I really think that's a, that's going to be a bit of a motivator for sure. Yeah, and and there's an interesting uh, scenario here, isn't there? If Kipchoge doesn't run it, yeah. Does Bikili then get a chance? Sure. Does a team get behind him and say, "Hey, look, we're going to back Bikili." Is, is he a pacer? No, he's not a pacer. No, imagine he's not that. Pacer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to beat you. Yeah. Uh, no, great. I mean, great for marathon running. Great for marathon running. But yeah, amazing run. And uh, shout out to our own Jay Maguire as well. Oh yeah, the, the most important piece of running news is that Jay Maguire um, ran a, I think I'm going to say seven minute PB, eight minute PB, even. right? And went sub four yeah, at Berlin. Yeah, 3.58, I think. So massive congratulations yeah. and well-deserved, Jane. She's trained bloody hard for that. We're talking tech, talking tech with Kieran Naga. Talking tech. He's an awesome ultra runner. Talking tech. Talking tech. He's very charming. Talking tech. Knows his polar from his garment. Talking tech. Kieran, welcome back to the Runners World podcast. Oh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's great. Um, you conquered sleep last time we chatted. I've done sleep. I've done training load. I've got that mastered. Yeah. Power. We've done. We've done power. Yeah, power. Great. Yeah. I'm basically turning into kind of the the, the Terminator version of a runner. <laughs> Soon everything everything will be sorted and everyone can stop running. Great. <laughs> yeah. Skynet. Um, what here a we service come. he offers. Fantastic yeah. So cool. this and this week we've got some. I've decided to break it up a little bit, and we've got some okay. some small pieces of new tech that I think are going to make quite a bit of difference. Um, coming from a few brands, so they're more little tech nuggets really than big sort of uh, oh, experiments good. I've been doing yeah, on myself. Yeah. Okay. I decided to you know no, that's en- good enough experimentation on myself. <laughs> give yeah. myself a break, sure. you know, reset the study. <laughs> and um, one of them, you guys may well have seen that Garmin recently launched the new Phoenix Six. Yep. And the about there's about. 20 different varieties of that watch but we're going to pick on one of the features out of there which is uh, Pace Pro now Pace Pro is essentially what Garmin have done is they've looked at those little bits of paper that you pick up at race expos that have all the splits on them Mm. oh yeah for all the different distances and times that you want to run and they've made that into a digital thing great so it's on your watch Um, basically how that works is you can create any course it's a bit fiddly that you have to create the course and you can't just dive in and pull previous kind of existing New York Marathon, Berlin Marathon. Right. Mm. So you tell it you're going you're to run the London Marathon, you set the course, you tell it how uh, fast you want to run so you can set a pace or yeah. a goal time, and then it'll automatically take into account all of the elevation of the course and break down your splits and stick it on your watch with a simple screen that then tells you nice what your target pace is for that split, for that mile or kilometre, what you're currently running at, how much of that split you've got left, so a little right. a little bar guide right. that tells you if you're you know nearly done the mile, and then finally you get uh, how far you are behind or ahead overall. So basically, this is the death, as far as I'm concerned, of difficult maths late into races. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, as long as you're you know you've you're you haven't done the usual thing of running 
not in a precise straight line around the course and your now like mile markers are separate to the course markers. That's going to be, yeah, that'll be interesting <laughs> to see how that stacks up. That If your yeah. watch is buzzing a little bit ahead of time, yeah. then your pacing is still out. But that's, yeah, that will still involve some kind of point two <laughs> sums that, I mean, you guys have been there, right? You get to the end of the race mm. or a few miles out and you cannot for the life of you work out whether or not you're going to hit the target time or no, not. Absolutely not. <laughs> do the sums over and over yeah. again. I restart. I'll be like, yeah, let's start again from scratch. Do the maths again. Get halfway through it. Yeah. Forget where I was. Yeah. And then another mile's passed and then you have to recalculate. Yeah. Well, hopefully, if the GPS is is there or thereabouts and you hit the the, the mile markers at a decent time Mm. it's going to take some of that pain away especially with elevation you throw that into the mix and it suddenly allows you to go right all right well mile three there's that hill which means i'm going to be running much slower and i that you prepare for that yeah and you can you can actually in the app you can dictate to the uh the the pace pro how hard you want to run the hill so it'll adjust you can say okay i want to attack the hills Mm. or i run run them easy right and you can also this is quite clever you can also tell it whether or not you want to do positive or negative splits nice i want to do a negative split (laughs) obviously everyone's going to put (laughs) negative splits and then not do it but uh, and it'll it'll adjust it accordingly so i I think that's quite nice if you know you've got a couple of big hills in there you can Mm. say i don't want to be so aggressive on those Mm. what i would really love to do it and i've spoken to some other people who disagree is for it to adjust real time. So, yeah. you know, after two or three miles, if you're not necessarily hitting that target pace for whatever reason, you might have been stuck in some congestion. Yeah. Maybe you slowed it down a little bit on the hills or you weren't feeling into your flow mm. that it would adjust and, and maybe pick a mile later on where it made sense to pick up yeah. the pace. Okay. A yeah. downward stretch or something. Yeah. But it won't. It just you just get further and further behind yourself. Right. Um and also I think, you know, the one thing we just sort of mentioned is the core the course is you know, Strava already hold all of that information on the course. You can go in and you can get quite a lot of detail about right. elevation, distance, how people have run it. And Garmin has all of that data as well. So what I would like, you could just go in and pick a list yeah. rather than have to create the course for the Berlin yeah, Marathon. Definitely. So yeah. perhaps that will come with time. That's and cool. this, yeah. And this is just on the Fenix 6? It is at the moment, right. and, but we're told that it's going to drop down to the Forerunner family soon which right. makes total sense all of the technology that's required is there so oh, that's good it will come expected to come down even to to the lower end forerunners right. as well oh, great. i've been very much relying on anyone who's been to the london marathon expo we've seen on the lucas aid stand yeah. this year there are these you know these pace bands yeah, yeah and i've been i've been doing that as a kind of uh primitive version so it's good to know there's gonna be some tech uh, I, helping out as well i've always just written it on my hand yeah right and, yeah. Then, it, and then it washes off in the sweat you're panicking that's the issue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah um, and speaking of Strava, actually, Strava have announced some new features, which I, you know, they, they're, they're small features, but I think they could mean big news for the, for the future of how Strava is used and how it works in conjunction with watches. Right. So there's two new features. One is fitness and the other is perceived exertion. Mm. So fitness and fatigue looks at your heart rate data. You have to be wearing a heart rate device right. and it will then crunch the numbers from your runs and tell you where your fitness level is at. And you can look at a single day or a single run and go back over a couple of years to spot your trends. Basically, it's fitness trends. It's a bit like the VO2 max scores that you would get on, on a Garmin or a or the Polar Running Index. Is this you predetermining your lev- your zones? Is that kind of like how it does it? Or is it so like, obviously, that's the base marker of all these heart rate based things is you go in and you set, you do a test or whatever it is and you set. It's, like, it will be very important to have done that correctly. Yeah. It will take the data that you've got recorded from your watch or from the chest strap. Yeah. So you want to make sure your zones are right. Otherwise, it might think that you're working harder than you are or, or, yeah. 
people are but it, it basically lets you sort of peek into that kind of overall sort of fitness picture and start to plot trends over time um it takes six to eight weeks to be accurate so it's, it's new it's relatively new now so people who are using it give it a bit of time to bed in and see it'll be interesting we'd uh, we'd love to hear how you guys get on and see yeah, if it's yeah. accurate with your fitness levels yeah um, the other thing you get from this is a, is a weekly effort. So you can see your total relative effort for the week so far. Right. And then you can see it within a range. So you can see if you're lower than previous weeks or higher. And this gets into the world of training load mm-hmm. and overtraining injury risk, managing your training output. And you can see within a, it's in a nice little kind of, it's on a bar chart and you get a kind of a, a range. Right. And the idea really is if you hit between the two lines and you're in range, then you'll be improving your fitness, not overreaching. Got it. And getting better steadily. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. And that's all on Summit, right? And that's all on Summit. Yeah. So right. yeah, it's you know they're starting to add extra features that I think are going to start to justify that the price tag that you get with with mm. Summit, which is around sort of fifty pounds for the year if you take a year. It also will give you a little readout after run, saying or, or if you look at your fitness, saying things like this is a good level for building or maintaining fitness. So again, some of the quite advanced training feet mm. training effect features that you get on your watches mm. coming to strava so why i think that's really interesting is that if you think about it they've strava and watches have sort of played nice for a long time yeah, yeah. they've been quite separate yeah. strava's done one thing watch has done the other mm. but now if you've got a fairly cheap running watch with a heart rate monitor yep you can fire your data into strava and strava is now going to crunch some of those numbers and give you some of the training effect yeah, re- right. feedback that yeah. you would expect from a higher end uh, a higher end running watch so yeah it's it's an interesting one because i've heard lots of people sort of say you know why would i why would i get summit what's mm, you know what's yeah, the yeah. extra i'm getting so they're starting to make them a little bit more relevant and encourage people to use it more so yeah that's a good point Karen. if you could save say 100 quid on a watch and because you're going to let strava do some of that kind of coaching aspect to you yeah summit's 50 quid yeah exactly that's profit ben just crunch those numbers rick <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And then I think just a little mention, real a little nod to the Apple Watch. Series 5 is out. I know mm. a lot of runners are asked that question a lot. You know, should I invest in an Apple Watch? Is it a running tool? And it, with every version of the, the Apple Watch, we sort of have to answer that question. There's not a, new, a huge amount for new runners. There's an always on screen, which makes it easier. You don't have right. to do the raise to wake so that you see your stats come to life, which can sometimes not work. Yeah, It's always on so you can just glance down and right. flash and the screen will be there without draining battery life which is another big thing with the Apple Watch is extending that battery life. But what I think more interesting is there's a new trend section, which you have to go into the um, activity app and you can see if your average pace is trending faster or if your VO2 max is improving. Okay. Which again, you know, it's yeah. Apple sort of dipping into these metrics that are a little bit more um, yeah. in, involved or whatever that you know, yeah, the runners yeah. would, would like. So, yeah. But I, probably even bigger than news than that, I think, is that the Apple Watch Series 3 is £199. Yeah, and that was good. And that is very good. If That, that puts it in the kind of top end of budget watches, really, top or mm. bottom end of the mid-range price bracket. So you're getting a lot of, a lot of features there for, for a good price. And if you like a smartwatch first and you want to have some running features added to that, that's definitely worth a look. Right, nice. And then I've picked one game changer yeah and we're gonna we're gonna flip into another sport for a second <gasps> am i allowed he's been aqua jogging right. <laughs> do what you want <laughs> so there's swift we've talked about swift on here before it's yes. basically the virtual yeah. cycling and running platform where you can use a turbo trainer or a pod and a treadmill to run in a virtual world well they've just announced that um they've partnered up with the international cycling union to launch the very first set of 
esports, mm. right. virtual races. So this is a world championships that's going to happen in 2020. There's proper prize money. Yeah. There are going to be proper people taking part. And it's all done in this virtual world, virtually. And my, my question really is... How long? How long before we were on a treadmill racing? For sure. Well, I mean, it happens. There'd be more people watching than at Doha. Do- oh, my right? God. <laughs> well, I mean, that was, that was my joke. Uh, Sorry. No, no, but I mean, it's... it's you take, in, you take into account that Zwift obviously hosts runs and races already, which people can sign up to virtually. So that 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 is happening in the in the online community, the running. That's already doing it. But if you, all it would take is the IAAF or someone to just suddenly go, all right, we'll do the same. And then, I think prize money is the game changer, isn't it? Huge. If, yeah. money, if money's on the table, the athletes will come out and, and do yeah. it. I've got one more thing, which is, you know, I, I like to do a little thing that's been puzzling me. And actually, it started with a tweet from you, Ben. I saw the oh. other day that you, you commented that Basically, a pit of bread out of the toaster oh is the God. hottest known matter to, to man. <laughs> it is. And then it got me thinking, I don't think anyone has ever pulled a pit of bread out of the toaster and cut it open without burning their fingers or pinned a race number on right the first time. Yep. Mm. And that got me thinking, what's going on with technology and why are we still Why are we still pinning, pinning yeah. yeah, sort of paper... Uh, numbers on us yeah. yeah it's a big thing in cycling as well about aerodynamics you've got people who spend they're spending millions of pounds on development for aero suits and bikes and helmets and stuff like that and then they go to a race and there's a big flappy bit of paper stuck to their back yeah i i don't know what the solution is yeah. and maybe we have maybe you know safety pins and paper is the ultimate technology for <laughs> yeah. this particular purpose yeah, yeah. but maybe some augmented reality that the stewards could have glasses yeah and if you were wearing a chip or something that Augmented reality would flash up because it's basically about showing oh, that you're in the race. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Projected yeah. holograms. Projected holograms on every <laughs> runner. Amazing. Do it, please, guys. Yeah. Do you go t-shirt and or like t-shirt on and then attempt to put the number on, no or way. do you go? Or do you do it without? The yeah. actually the best way to do it, if especially in a vest. Yeah. Put your put it on over your legs. Right. This so put, is put madness. Your, so <laughs> put, pull it. Put your arm. Put your feet through the leg holes. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, no. Put your feet through the armholes. Yeah. Pull it up, and then you've got the tension is correct across the knee, and you can then pin your number on level and straight. This, this is a, this is amazing. This, this has to be a video. I have to see this. It works with a vest. It's difficult with a t-shirt. I'm going to go home directly and try this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it gives you a, a nice platform. But it, but it's not just that. If you if you pin it on your shirt, yeah, that's it. You have to wear your t-shirt. Yeah, if you it gets do. too hot in yeah. ultras as well. There's mm. difference. You know, I tend to pin it on my shorts so that I can take layers on yeah. and off, but. It's just it's just not up to scratch. We need tech. We no, it doesn't need to, need to be technology, this. yeah. I don't want you to have to be stepping into your vest. <laughs> technology, please, someone fix that. <laughs> Kieran, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. I'd like to say a huge thanks to our guests, Maud Hodson and Kieran Alger, and to Number 8 Studios in Soho, where this was recorded. For more news, reviews, interviews, and much, much more from the wider world of running, please head over to runnersworld.com slash UK. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. All your comments are more than welcome. Let us know what you think. And thanks to Acast, our hosting partner. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.